Do video games cause violence? Of course not. Hello and welcome to Triangle Square, the PlayStation podcast. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, as always, Mr. Saw Bridges, bringing you guys lucky episode 124. 124. Uh, earlier this week, because I told you Thursday about my crazy headache, I actually was having this thought in my head. I was like, because I, I had that same ridiculous headache for 36 hours, and I was like, there's no way I can do the podcast if this is still going on somehow magically by Monday. Yeah, you'll be getting a brain tumor going on. Yep. Yeah, we're going to have to check for that one. But I was actually going through my mind of like, is this going to be the first time I have to miss an episode? Thankfully, it went away. I am better. Ooh, excuse me. Anyway, with that said, if you don't know who we are, we are Triangle Square to PlayStation podcast. Like I mentioned, you can find us in video format on YouTube every Monday at 10 a.m. PST and 12 p.m. CST. If you like what we're doing over there, what we're talking about, we'd love to hear your thoughts on those things down in the comment section below. If you don't want to watch us and instead just listen, you can go over to podcast services and find us on uh, YouTube or Google Play Music, iTunes, Spotify, all of those. Uh, and if you want to give your feedback and there is no comment section on those, you can find us on social media. Those are uh, our Twitter, at Triangle SQRD. You can find us in a Facebook group uh, that I'm a part of because I have Facebook. Saul is not because he does not have Facebook. But you can ask to be entered into that, and we will gladly accept you. It is Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. Easy enough to find. Uh, if you want to join our day-to-day, moment-to-moment uh, conversations, you can go into our Discord, which we have always linked down in the descriptions below. We have ways for you to – we have op- open podcast discussion channel. We have uh, the Communities Take channel that we do and discuss all the stuff going on in there. Um, and, you know – we have reader mail submissions and stuff like that. Essentially, anything you can do on the other ones, you can do in this one. And also keep up with us as we kind of move through general chat and uh, have Liam constantly helping me uh, with with trophy questions. <laughs> but anyway, um, let's see. Where does that go? Oh, leads us to the last thing. If you would like to support the show in any way, shape, or form, you can head over to our Patreon, which is also down in the link below. Uh, but you know what? Watch the show first. Listen first. See if you like it before we... Uh, before you worry about any of that what we're going to end up talking about today is i think one of the obvious things that you would have seen as a gamer if you're definitely someone who's in enough to be listening to podcasts or keeping up with the news um is about the kind of resurgence of something we've already seen in the past of violence in video games causes violence out in real world people uh, and how that's blown up in a new way in light of these shootings that recently happened uh, this past weekend. Uh, But before we get into that, we are going to go ahead and and move on with the show in its normal fashion. And that means starting off the show the right way. And that's the typical way of Saul, what's been up to, what have you been playing? I have literally barely spoken to you this week. First time I spoke to you since I last saw you, was last night <laughs> or yeah. this morning even i don't even remember whichever time it was that i messaged you and asked if we were still recording at our normal time yeah and i haven't really played a lot this week at all i humped on destiny last night to try crown of sorrows raid that we sadly did not complete but that's okay i think we're trying to get in later on today um and i've been playing a little bit of dark souls 3 because i kind of wanted to try to get into the pvp stuff of that game because it's very active still and yeah so where you literally go and invade other people well you could do things like covenants and uh for instance i'm in the um it's the aldrich uh covenant and i can't think of the name of it but it's basically like um i walk around in orlando and 
Oriole Valley, and eventually some character is going to go through there, and it, they're trespassing on holy grounds, so it sends me to invade and kill them. Kind of like the Watchdogs of Farron Covenant, like where if you're a Watchdog of Farron, you get invaded of people trying to make it through Farron Keep Swamp. Oh, so does, you're like trying to keep the grounds clean. Because you've, of course, played the game far, far more than I have. Uh, I do remember the covenants in the game, and I don't remember them having a huge effect on the way that I played because I didn't replay, 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 and go through. Does it only prompt you to go in if, you, um, if you're in the area in which that you're dealing with, no. or how does it work? No, if, you are a, uh, if you're part of the Aldrich Covenant, I was in the Lothric Castle area earlier, and um, I'm trying to just make a character get to level 120, and then that way I can just uh, switch around stats as free and kind of just make, change my buildups for PvP if I want to. Okay. And um, I got summoned, and I thought that was the case. I thought I had to be around in Orlando or Boreal Valley, but no, I got summoned to there from Lothric Castle. And it's really fun because I'll get summoned in, and it's not always against one person. I can get summoned in, and I can come across another one of my guys. We glow blue. Okay. And then I'll see a red phantom, and then I'll see a white person, and then I'll see the regular person. Like it could be a bunch of people over there just duking it out. I've definitely seen videos of that going on. Yeah, it's fun, but it's, I've I've never really understood it because I've never played the games in that way. I mean, I, I've always liked the way they handle multiplayer because it's very different. Yeah. Um, I do like the idea of it being like you're covering a ground, so you're going to go in and do it. But it can be a mixture of you doing something like that, where you're essentially uh, going to kind of do your duty of cleaning up, you know, uh, and keeping the holy grounds clear of people who are trespassing. But it's also obviously there's that layer of people that I think is a fair layer as well. It's what the game is built for. But it's like there are definitely people who are heckling just other players, right? Pretty much, yeah. And like that's kind of what the uh, that's kind of what the Aldrich. Uh, I want to call it like the Aldrich Familiars or whatever. Okay. But um, that's pretty much what that covenant does is they just, it's the same as the Wolf, uh, the uh, Wolf of Fair and Keep covenant, um, mm-hmm. where you're pretty much just summoned in to people who are going through that area just to like get them out of that area to kill them. But what's cool, and I didn't know this about summoning because I, did, I didn't do a lot of summoning in Dark Souls games uh, or so going into other worlds invading, I did a lot of getting invaded. So it's really cool because if, say, if I'm in, you know, Lothric Castle or whatever, and it pops up, my little icon at the top right or top left blinks and glows. And that lets me know that there's currently someone around and it's searching for worlds at that current time to go invade. Okay. And then so it's like constantly moving forward? It's constantly searching for me, yeah. And then so it's kind of cool because when you get done, even if you die, you don't lose souls, you don't become unembered, you don't get back to the bonfire, you pretty much get spawn right back in the spot you were standing when it's when it told you you're being you're invading another world okay so you don't really lose anything from doing this so by going over now but if you're the person who's being invaded and you you're die gonna, yeah you're gonna lose your souls you're gonna but lose i guess that makes sense because it's your world you can go back yeah. to it or, and go, or go if, forward or if you use the red uh the um red eye orb and you go and invade that way then yeah you're gonna lose all your stuff and it's gonna okay. be in that spot where you lost it so you have to go back and go get it Okay, that's what I was going to say. When you're dealing with somewhat asynchronous multiplayer and the fact that these aren't like worlds that are always shared, it does get weird. Like if you died in someone else's world in their instance, how does that deal with getting your stuff back from your own instance? Yeah, so, and that's that's kind of how it deals. But, okay, that makes sense. It just takes what you would have dropped and drops it in the same place in your own instance. Pretty much, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. All right, well, cool. That's all you played? Pretty much, yeah. I didn't really touch anything else at all. Well, my games are pretty much the same. Uh 
It took me 35 hours, which is about average playtime for Platinum, so that's good, um, uh, for the Platinum for Bloodstained. So I got it. It's my 59th Platinum. Got to figure out what I want to do for my 60th. Um, but we'll see. I like the games to just give me, like for me just playing them, them to present themselves as worthy candidates for my platinuming right uh which is which is nice um but i got that and i uh, earlier i mentioned that liam is just being my catalyst for all the trophy support that i need realistically i could have just went and looked up all this stuff but i guess it's always that i was in the middle of something and i'd just be looking and be like well liam probably already knows he has the platinum instead of worrying about this i'll just ask him uh so liam i appreciate you and your patience thank you for all your help uh and getting the platinum it was a very fun platinum i do agree with him i was toward the end of it uh, because of the way that the platinum works on ha- having to get every item in the game i thought it was gonna be like and some of it was but it wasn't as bad as i thought it'd be of like kind of meticulous list checking and building to kind of make sure that you have everything. You got to go into your archives, look at the items, see what you're missing, go through, figure out what it is and how you got to be able to make it. But it was fun and it didn't really take too long. A couple weird things in the game. I had a almost crap my pants moment of looking and being like, man, I swear to God, if this game just glitched out on me because of this one shard that I technically have six of, but it doesn't register as me have ever gotten. But thanks to also Liam's great suggestion, I just sold that. Uh, I sold all the ones that I had and went out and got it one more time, and it counted. So that was very nice to know. Uh, did that, and I played more of SteamWorld Dig 2 on my Vita. And uh, I think that's about it. I have plans to start something. I think it's either going to be starting a new game, but I don't know what, because I have a lot of stuff I can really whirl around. Uh, or if I want to try and jump back into Anthem because the Cataclysm is going on, which we'll get into in a little bit. Yeah, um, but anyway, that's about it for me. So we will go ahead and move into the community's take section, which thankfully Mr. No Fate over on Twitter took upon himself because I completely forgot to answer. I've been sick a lot this week, like I mentioned. Sorry, guys. Stuff just happens. I, I've, I've got to set an alarm on my phone to fix that. But uh, I, I called for an impromptu one on the Discord, too, and I've got some responses as well. Uh, first thing up, though, our last episode, of course, in the community's take section, in case you don't know what it is, it's where we look at our last episode's topic, and we kind of form a question around what we're talking about, and we ask you, the community, to give your input and your feedback on it, and then we kind of go over at the beginning of the next show as kind of a recap slash community input. And uh, last week's episode was about our favorite accessories for ps4 and we asked you guys what your favorite accessories were and if you had any that we maybe have not heard of and anything that uh that way all the community can kind of come together find out about things they may not have seen in the past uh of course and and maybe find some new cool stuff uh no fate one of our patrons came in swinging really well and he said must have ps4 accessories uh first one i really actually think is a great answer even though i don't know if it completely fits in the spirit but i think but because of his argument it does ps vita for remote play alone everything else is a bonus so essentially if you have the ps vita just for remote play aside from the fact that it's a great little handheld all that is just bonus on the fact that the vita is a good accessory for the ps4 uh, I'm surprised it took them so long to do the whole Vita PS4 bundle, but they finally got it out. Yeah, I um, wish that that would still be a thing, but unfortunately not. What I'm really curious about is if remote play is going to be a factor at all for Vita and PS5, or if they're just going to say, that was all PS4 and we made sure it worked throughout the entirety of the PS4's life cycle, but now we're done. Yeah. We'll that's see. That's probably what it, 
what is going to happen, unfortunately. Well, the only reason I'm curious is because the chip that makes it possible also has a lot to do with the streaming of uh, streaming stuff that, that deals with like Gaikai and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's impossible that the PS5 would still have those innards in it for the things that it needs that are not pertaining to the Vita. And it would just be a boon for people who own a Vita just to say, hey, here's, here's this. The only thing that makes me think they may not do it even if the system can technically support it on PS5 level, is that it would have to be a new remote play app or at least an update to the remote play app on the Vita. And I don't know if Sony has it in them to do it. I guess that's true, too. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Uh, Next thing up, and this kind of goes into what exactly you were talking about. I'm not sure how it does it. I'd like to look into it, and I haven't had a chance to. Numskull's DS4 wireless charging mat. Yeah, I saw that, too, but it looks like, from the picture alone, it looks like there's something like making it wired. I can't tell if that's a dongle that's plugged in to the USB or if it's... See, that's my question. Is this a... Is What I'm wondering it is, is if it's something that you dock onto the back of the controller that has a short cable that comes up into your thing, and then whenever you set it down, it acts as a wireless key charger, essentially, uh, and then it just takes that power and goes through. It's still an interesting idea, and it does at least somewhat get into the spirit of what Saul was talking about, and, and I as well, where we were saying in the future of gaming, it'd be great to have a controller that you could just set down on a, cha- a, a mat and charge. This is somewhat close to that of course in in Saul and I's vision I think we were both hoping that one day we get to where with no external stuff at all attached you have a PlayStation 5 remote for the sake of argument that you can just literally set down and it'll charge the battery with nothing else I wonder if there's a key um, key wireless micro USB item that you can get that you can almost engineer to use as a trial i wouldn't be mat. surprised if that's essentially what this is like but I, i'm gonna have to look more into this if you look right here where because this is a, obviously a dual controller mat there's not another cord coming up for it to plug into something so it's obviously not that it really does seem like it's a small something that acts as a transfer plate that mounts to the back of your controller yeah numbskulls uh ds4 wireless charging mat and he brings in on top of the gold instead of the gold platinum 7.1 headset from sony better and stronger than the gold um i don't know much about the platinums i do know some people that have bought them and really enjoy them and that's great i think the only reason i put the gold ahead of the platinum is that the platinum is very expensive and i think a lot of people can can kind of look at 99 dollars, depending on exactly when you buy them anywhere from 80 to 100 dollars for the gold headset as a little more palatable than the platinum but i have actually been incredibly curious about the platinum um because i think that the gold's comfortable and if you can can if you can kind of make that out of even better materials going with the excuse me with the platinum so this uses I'm all like for it. a almost like an external battery pack that's like a block okay but, kind of what i figured so yeah. it's essentially something that acts as a contact I wonder though if I Connect. can find a, a smaller key adapter than that because I don't want something that big and bulky. But that's a you know cool idea. It is. I mean, if you really just like the idea of setting a controller down and going, yeah. I mean, th- that is it. I could have that easily put in front of my TV, which is where all my controllers stick anyway, and just go with it. Um, but I, I, my little thing right now is a great thing. But still, thanks. I uh, appreciate that one. Yeah, uh, his you. last one is more USB for this lot, which is I've seen these before. And there's different ones depending on which PlayStation you own. Uh, but essentially, this one's for the classic um, model, launch model PlayStation. Um, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, definitely it's because it matches the design. Um, 
essentially you plug it into the front two USB ports and then it comes up and extends out with another full plastic thing and it adds uh, four more USB, it adds four USB 2.0s instead of the two that you had. So it replaces your two with four and then it gives you one USB 3.0. Um, and that's pretty cool. So if you really need a lot, but don't want to have to have an external dongle for whatever reason or external, um, um, oh Lord. USB hub, uh, then this is a good way to get it on your system. And I think that they do have different ones depending on whether you have the Pro or the Slim uh, that you can do. But the Pro, thankfully, has that extra USB in the back as well, which definitely helps. Yeah, I don't know what I would do those situations. I would not have enough USB ports to do that without that. And some, what was it? The SSD you cannot put in through a hub. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because the hub would have to be a USB 3 as well yep, which, and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. yeah. So you, Well, I wonder if you could do it on that one because that, that one has a USB 3 point. Yeah, but is the USB female actually 3? Well, a lot for, of times, for that to be a USB 3 compatible, wouldn't at least t- one of them have to? There's a lot of times that it's USB 3 speeds, but it's still USB 2. I mean, yeah, where essentially you're getting weird. bottlenecked. Yeah. yeah, that is weird. All right, and then we got a couple over here in my very short, right before the episode started, uh, that we have over here. Mr. Bobo May, longtime listener, he has some podcast of his own. If you like conspiracy theories, he has a conspiracy theory podcast. If you watch Dickish at Best, then you dang well know we do. Yep. Um, let's see. I am going to cheat and say the PlayStation VR. That's what he says. Uh, paired with the PlayStation Gold headset. I know other people have headphones that are amazing to them, but I agree. I hate having the microphone in my face. Haha, <laughs> I told you so. And quite frankly, I find the headphones to be very comfortable. I do too. That's essentially where I land. I think they're comfortable. I have a big head, a lot of headphones. And actually, I'll give Sony their criticism here. The Sony Silvers from back in the end of the PS3, early PS4 days, crushed my head y'all a bunch of chumps dude oh, yeah no the silvers that i had that though, you had yeah. those are the ones i tried on I, I i i've said it before i wrote an article about playstation headphones and i literally put in there the ones that i've owned and which ones i think you should get and it's all of them i think it was seven total i i literally put the playstation silvers uh, i said don't even take these free from a friend don't ever even <laughs> trade them in to get them into the wild to somebody else's hands just throw them away they're not worth a penny thankfully they didn't even read when they redesigned everything they didn't even worry about the silver they were just like ah we're going to chalk that one up as a loss yeah. um he says having the two combined in the, is the ultimate vr experience in my mind i played through resident evil 7 with this and i was scared shitless Ooh, maybe I shouldn't have said that on the podcast, but hey, PG-13. you know what? PG-13, like I said, we get one each uh, episode. Uh, I, I didn't say nothing about each. I mean, one each episode. Oh, okay. Not one per person per episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. you were applying. Like, um, no, that's not how that works. But, you know, uh, one thing I, I do like about the Golds is that they fit well over the thing. I, what's... The only thing I, I wish would have been different about the Golds is that Sony would have found a way, and I understand why it's not. Uh, because of the way that VR handles their audio, uh, the audio goes out into this 3D breakout box where it takes all the audio, processes where your head's at and movement so that it can correctly give you the 3D audio feedback you need. But unfortunately, that means that when you use headphones with it, you always have to plug whatever headphone you want to use into it into the it, there's, in the cord of the VR, if you have one, there's a little thing with a power button, volume up, volume down, and mute because there's a head. There's a um, a microphone on the headset itself, the VR headset. Um, so is, that's is built 3D in. audio a scam? What's the difference between 3D audio and 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 surround sound? 
No, well, okay. Surround sound is different. Surround sound is looking at what you already have and just placing it where it should already be in the mix. 3D audio is different because you are specifically moving your head. So it turns, it changes the noise depending on exactly what you're doing with your head. No games. Well, I'm not going to say no games, but very few games have ever really worried about that. It just depends on what you're doing, what game you're playing, all those things. Um, so, and why this is so much different is that it has to be built in because <laughs> you're going to have a hard time suspending disbelief uh, if you are playing a a game in VR and when you go to move your head, the sound does not feel like it matches. Gotcha. I feel like that's a really important thing, whereas other games can get away with having the sound be not quite where it should be. Right, but <clears throat> close enough. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, they are they they're very similar things, but virtual surround sound and surround sound do it by actually changing which headphone or which it diverts some of the audio through specific drivers within the multi headphone. And normally, it's virtual surround sound. It just kind of does it by pulling certain things out of one way to make it sound like it's coming from a specific point whereas this is just you can use it with any pair of headphones doesn't matter if it's just a normal pair of headphones it's doing it all within the box yeah um, so that's important but it'd be great if you could use it wirelessly instead you have to plug the cord that comes with the 3.5 millimeter down into the uh the inline connecting and that's great liam shouts out one he says the control freaks on the uh, so that if if you don't know what they are, they are little rubber clamp pad things that go onto the top of your controller's analog sticks and give you extended reach or more comfort or changes from convex to concave, uh, depending on what you like. And I know a lot of people love them definitely for shooters. Some people will put them on one side and not the other. They'll keep the movement, so the left analog stick will be completely free of one, and then the right analog stick will have it for the added height, which gives you just a little more leverage to key in your shots just right. Um, I find them okay. If I like shooter games on a super competitive level, I'd probably really use them a lot. Uh, But I find the controller as it is to be comfortable enough for me. But, hey, shout out, good little thing. Uh, And that's a simple accessory. They're not very expensive, and they're easy to put on controllers, take off, put on another one. So, yeah, good answer. Uh, But... Moving on with the news, I guess now, right? Yeah. Nothing else to do. Um, All right. First thing up, Saul, best be ready. (laughs) I know you've got a big enough, uh, you got a big enough solid state drive for this, but Destiny 2's upcoming Shadow Keep expansion is going to be quite large, requiring 165 gigabytes for it to be installed alongside the current version of the game. So everything all together will add up to a total 165 gigs this size does take the crown of biggest game from red dead redemption 2 but that was for a game at launch rather than a game multiple expansions in so that one's pretty interesting if you do have a solid state drive i think the playstation already says that it has to be over 250 gigs anyway uh if you're doing an external drive if i remember right so uh just remember that yep just remember that that will take up essentially an entire drive on its own as you keep going. It seems like you have to have a drive for Destiny itself. Which I, do you have any other game on your uh, solid state yet? Dark Souls 3. Dark Souls 3. Okay. How much did it help with load times? Pretty good. About, actually, I, didn't, I never timed it, but I noticed it significantly. Yeah. But it feels good. about 20 seconds faster in, in loading into areas and stuff like that. Okay. Next up, the Resident Evil 
series. Oops, I completely moved around where I was at, but it doesn't matter. I'll go with that one. Uh, the Resident Evil series has an unannounced game in development that Capcom has sent out invites to Resident Evil ambassadors to try the game and give feedback. This will not be a code. This is not something people will be doing on their home systems and sending feedback in. Instead, this is something where the invitees that are sent this uh, can pay, or if they live in those areas, it works out for them even better, but they can pay for travel and lodging if they want to participate to play at locations in Los Angeles and New York in between. So there's two or three days per uh, per area that they're going to be able to do these things in. Um, I think this is a fun idea. It's cool to be able to bring people in who that you've considered to be big fans of the series and have been doing this a long time. And yeah. it gives them the ability to come in and tell you what they do and don't like about a game that they obviously, a franchise that they love. Um, it is an un, it's a little unfortunate by the nature of what it is being a early you know a game that's not ready to be out and about. It's still in decently early development. You kind of get this point where it's like it sucks that people have to travel and lodge, but it's really cool that they're even invited to, at all to do such a thing. Yeah, you know? if like Bungie invited me, you know, down to their Austin studio and I was like, "Hey, come play Shadowkeep," but you know, we can't afford for you to for a hotel room and stuff like that. So if you can pay your way here, we'll let you in. We'll let you play the game. It seems like a pretty fair. I would do that. Yeah, you know, and then you have of course NDAs involved, but I mean, it seems reasonable enough. I'll tell it all on the podcast, anyways. <laughs> then, no, I wouldn't. I'm kidding, Bungie. I don't want that to ever affect. Me not getting an ND or uh, anything that would allow me to sign an NDA. Well, while we're on the topic of Destiny 2, like we were supposed to segue into, for those who have been waiting to either move their character from uh, one platform to another or be able to play on PC with their PS4 characters or Xbox characters, uh, sometimes Cross Save is indeed coming to Destiny 2 this month. Saul talked about it and how there was a developer who actually mentioned that it should be hitting by the end of the month, but Bungie has come forward this past week and confirmed that August 21st is the date that this feature launches. Um, and they're also getting ready to move uh, Destiny 2 from the Blizzard or the whatever, the Blizzard game, whatever you call that damn thing. It's, it's Blizzard.net? <laughs> Blizzard.net, I think it's probably what it's called. Oh, it's called it's called Blizznet, isn't it? I don't remember. Like, I hate that launcher. Well, launch do you remember terrible. they changed the name for a while and then they didn't? And then they went back because well, people hate it. Do you it. remember that when I was trying to show you Destiny 2 on PC? It would literally not let me launch the game. Do you remember I couldn't even get Destiny 2 when it was free on PC because it wouldn't even let me download the client? Yeah. Yeah. It's a terrible client. Terrible, terrible, Fight terrible. Me. Uh, but they're moving that off to Steam and some other stuff. So, anyway, if uh, I'm probably going to do that myself. And a game like Destiny, it is nice to get those extra frames. And as long as cross save exists if i'm playing by myself playing on pc would be fun biggest thing would be cross play in this particular game i think it'd be great uh, at least for pve activities there's no reason not to let people who are playing on pc in my opinion go ahead and play with people on consoles despite the frame rate difference you would not want to let the frame rate difference be something that you let people do in um, when you're dealing with crucible though yeah so that seems fair enough and also easy enough to handle you can keep it just like we have going on with cross play in the new uh, call of duty game it's easy enough to look at what people are playing on and keep the, the little servers separate. Uh, but next up, Anthem's long-awaited Cataclysm event is finally live. So if you've wanted a reason to hop back into the game or want to see if this is enough to convince you that the game might still have legs, you can hop into the season-long event now. Uh, just to kind of give you a quick wraparound of what it is, it's essentially uh, there's a new map area. The new map area has the Cataclysm storm happening inside of it. As you fly through it, damages your suit. You have to do events so that you can get these little shelters that you can temporarily go into to help you heal your suit um but also you get points for being out in the suit uh, in the storm so it's kind of like i like the idea of taking anthem in a very different way and just going hey 
Let's do something a little different than what we did up first. Let's do something very gamified and give you a score that you can constantly improve by running this over and over again. And every week, a new section of the map is going to become even more available. Um, so if that sounds interesting to you at all and you bought Anthem digitally and you had no recourse at all to do anything with it, it may be at least worth downloading it enough to see if this is worth it for you or whether or not you just need to never, ever, ever think about the game again. <laughs> uh, yeah. Next up, I myself will be going back and playing it, but I also just recently played Anthem and I still enjoy the game, but not at the cost of me playing other things I need to get done. I'll just play it here and there with some people like uh, Derek and uh, I'm sorry, I can't call him Derek <laughs> because RJ does not get used to that. But anyway, I got some friends I'm going to play it with. We'll get that done. The remake of Ubisoft's cult classic 13 was originally set for the release this year, but has now been pushed back to 2020 with a statement from the head of production explaining that this extra time will be needed to hit the level of polish that the team is aiming for. Definitely in light of how much feedback they got uh, in terms of good feedback they got when they even announced the game, they had a lot of great feedback, people loving the fact that this was even coming. So I'm sure there's a little bit of extra pressure to make sure that this comes out and blows everyone away who, of course, was a huge fan of that game. Next up, the big three have come together in an agreement that should be a step in the right direction in regards to loot boxes, with Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo all committing to new policies that will require the odds of earning specific items from loot boxes for new games, as well as games that add them in via updates. So just to clarify on that, when you go to a loot box, if it even is in the game, then what it has to do is it has to give you a breakdown of the percentages of what you can get in it so that you have a better idea of what your chances are of getting these things before you ever go about spending your money. So keep that in mind. These changes are all being targeted for 2020 to completely be in place, and multiple publishers have already agreed to abide to the new policies without issue including, interestingly enough, EA and Activision, two companies notorious for loot boxes at this point. Um, This is a cool way for the companies to regulate themselves, Uh, and this is something a a few people have talked about, but it's absolutely something that definitely when we're dealing with all the stuff going on now with talks of violence and stuff, this is something we've seen done in the past before. When violence was first being brought up by games back in 94, um, and whether or not it had any kind of effect on anything, what they were able to do was look and say, well... There are people that are worried about their kids buying and playing overly mature games. And at the time, the ESRB didn't exist. There was no rating system for games. You just bought the game. So it was a lot easier for a a parent to mistakenly buy you something without realizing how bad it was. So instead of having the government step in, the the video game industry themselves said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to create our own board that goes through and looks at this, uh, and they're going to try and mimic themselves kind of off the film rating board. And we're going to say, these are similar things we look at. We're going to rate the games ourselves. And that was great. Uh, definitely gave them a, a good response and it's something that we still see going on today we see it happen of course overseas with peggy uh in the uk and and their rating system so this is not weird it definitely in america but of course there is some in the uk as well they really try and keep away from having any kind of government regulation in the games and the easiest way to do that is just to self-regulate yourself this is a great way to self-regulate loot boxes and hey it Takes may not be majority yeah i think i mean you know it's not necessarily taking loot boxes out of games completely but i do think it's making them so transparent that a lot of people are going to stop buying them so frequently when they realize how little the chances of getting what they want is yeah so it's hopefully it leads to less ridiculous spending and more 
informed spending. That's yeah. what I would say. So when people do buy loot boxes, they at least have an understanding of what the breakdown is. Uh, on the topic of loot boxes, though, with the recent purchase of Rocket League developer Psyonix by Epic Games, it may come as a surprise, definitely did to me, that the studio has announced that crates, which are essentially the game's form of loot boxes, will be leaving the game by year end. This comes as a surprise when many expected this purchase to move the game into free-to-play territory with a larger lean on microtransactions and loot boxes, similar to Epic's Fortnite Battle Royale. Instead, moving forward, all items you buy, there still will, of course, be microtransactions in the game, but they will be exactly what you wanted to buy. They're all, of course, visual only. It's fine. No play to win anything. Uh, interesting step for them. I really did think that with how long the game's been out, how many people have already bought it, moving to a free-to-play structure yeah. when you have a company with a free-to-play game like Fortnite that makes more money than games that are not free-to-play that it seemed like an easy thing but hey that's interesting it shows that epic may not just be a one-trick pony that's yeah. not a bad thing uh, during this past week's evo 2019 broadcast developer arc system works announced a new guilty gear game aiming for 2020 there is of course uh, the teaser trailer they put out for that online looks cool just like all the other ones do uh, great art style just really love it but never been a game series that I've just ever connected with. This might be the first one that I ever try and pick up and just play. But like Saul and I have mentioned a lot of times, fighting games get weird for us. Yeah. It's just, like they fall off real quick. For we me. really need friends that are actively involved in playing them for them to ever feel like they're really worth it. But um, I don't mind playing them as long as somebody doesn't mind lending me them. You know what I mean? Like I enjoy them. Yeah. That's what I did with uh, Injustice 2. Never bought it myself. Just borrowed it from a friend and beat the story and it was good. I loved it, but didn't want to play it after that. Uh, another licensed game disappears from digital stores as DuckTales Remastered has been delisted, meaning if you wanted the game, hopefully you picked it up on steep sale that happened uh, this week prior to its removal. It was it was 75% off. Uh, I think it's, if I recall right, I'm pretty sure I have that game. Uh, I want to say that it was a um, PlayStation Plus game. When? While back. But you know what? There's no time like the present. Let's see. You want to check that? Yeah, I, I'll just... I mean, uh, if, I, if I have it, I'll tell you this much. It, it had to have pretty much come from that? Pretty yeah, much. I mean, I don't mind the game, but I played it back in the day. I didn't really need it again. You know what I mean? I, I like the game. It's fine with me, but yeah, if I've, if I've got it... Oh, yeah, it's going to be weird to do now because unavailable. It was a PS3 game. Okay, yeah. So it was a while back. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Good Lord. Been so long. But yeah, this goes back to that idea of licensing is probably the biggest hurdle that an all digital future has to contend with is how do you handle licensed games being able to be sold? I think the, for long enough, the, you know, the more and more we get closer to that kind of stuff, the more answers we'll get. Hopefully. Yeah. I, I, I imagine that there's probably going to have to be a sense of licensing really changing in nature to be like, well, if we're going to license the game, it's going to have to be an agreement of how long that's actually going to last or indefinite. And maybe we have to pay a little bit more upfront for the fact of it being indefinite. Is it worth that? Is it, it's a lot of questions that I don't have the answers to, but either way, it's where we are. 
Um, during their recent earnings call, Activision President Rob Kostick, I'm pretty sure that's how you say that, praised the company's recent remakes of Spyro and Crash Games, mentioning fantastic response from players and selling, causing a, quote, big impact on bottom line, end quote. He follows to mention the opportunity for totally new content within these series, implying that the publisher could be gearing up to make an all-new Crash or Spyro release. Um, this is exciting just because it's something that you know, Crash was really big for a very for a pretty long period of time. I mean, he was huge, and so was Spyro uh, during the PS1 days. And then as we went into the PS2 days when Sierra uh, kind of went through and Universal kept going and bought out by Sierra, we started seeing the games just continuously wane with every release. Like, people would be excited about them, but the quality would drop and the sales would drop and the excitement would start to drop. And it gets to this point where it's like, now that we've had so much time removed from those releases and now that we're here... People are really loving these games, but are they only loving them because of the nostalgic kick they bring you from games that you know are already things that you liked as being remade with a pretty new coat? Yeah. Can that really be matched again with new entries? These are teams that had to go through and understand what it meant to remake them and not lose what kind of gave them their magic. But that's a little, it's a lot harder when you're having to talk about from the ground up brand new stories. And do you, do you make them canonically involved with these recent remasters that we're doing? Do you have them be a continuation of Crash 3 and say Crash 4? Or do you just go in a completely different manner? Do you disregard all the other crashes that came after Crash 1, 2, and 3 outside of uh, Crash Team Racing? These are questions that really matter that I think are really hard to, to try and guess around. So we're just going to wait and see what happens. But it's still cool, though, that these guys are getting a chance to come back when Nintendo is, was able to keep pretty much all of their mascots that they had in that time period flowing heavy. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like they never had this problem. Every one of their mascots is still kicking strong and never really had a, a bad lapse, you know? So that's, that's awesome. True. Yeah. Let's see. Last couple of things here. Uh, actually, the last thing here. Death Stranding, and this is going to be a slight answer to one of our patrons' questions by Kiki. He asked us, well, how do we feel about Death Stranding and its potential of no longer being a PlayStation exclusive? But we'll get into that. Death Stranding has been the source of a lot of talk among the industry this week as the game is no longer listed under PlayStation's website sections for exclusive titles. Uh, couple this with the lack of the only on PlayStation branding from the game's box art, and it's understandable that people, of course, have been in talks about the game's exclusivity or potentially lack thereof. Now, one of the things that I find really interesting about this is how much fervor this has brought up. Yeah. It's not surprising because I think as Saul being a huge Kojima fan, even though for a long time he was off on Xbox, it's not saying that to be a Kojima fan, you only have to like one system. That's foolish. Yeah. Now, there is, of course, a layer of this, which is interesting, that this is the first time that Kojima is making a game that was funded by Sony, published by Sony, in partnership with Sony. So it is a little more weird for people to see that it may not actually be a true exclusive. Now, Saul, I'm curious as to how you feel about all this. There is some information that is kind of from the really early on parts of this that I think at least gives some kind of shedding of a light onto this. Uh, but I can say that stuff now or after you. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting just because... As a Kojima fan, and I talked about it in like maybe last reader mail or two or three episodes ago, about how like the Metal Gear Solid collection was terrible on Xbox because the controls were just weird. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was in response to um, Felipe's question on reader mail. Yeah, but um, but yeah, honestly, like 
the amount of stuff that it's been doing with Metal Gear Solid Five, which once again, not really any Kojima's baby of the same nature, multi-platform game, but it, Metal Gear Solid Five got really good reception on PC. And Metal Gear Solid Five getting good reception tells me that Metal Gear and Kojima fans enjoyed it coming to PC. Mm-hmm. So I think the same will be said for Death Stranding, or if nothing else, it brought new Kojima fans about. Yeah, even if that PC. was their first game. Yeah, yeah, and um, I do think that it is. It's going to help out. I think that it's it's you know if it's not an exclusive, I, I will. I don't you know I don't own Sony or have any money in Sony. I don't care if it's not an exclusive anymore. More people get to play the game, but I don't know if I'm going to believe just a website uh like this until something officially is announced yeah d listings get weird and and honestly playstation's had some examples where they've not put only on playstation on games that are only on playstation so they've been inconsistent with a lot of the way they do their branding of things lately and it, it kind of gets to the point of i just I'll, I'll bring this up for reference when the deal was originally struck between sony and, and kojima uh this was way back before a engine was even selected so this was very very early this was shortly after the deal was struck um there was a press release that came out uh by playstation's european community manager that had mentioned that the game would be a console exclusive for ps4 and that somewhere down the road it would release for pc now that agreement could have changed when kojima decided to go with the decima engine which is of course an engine that is literally made to be completely fully optimized and be able to pull every bit of power out of the PS4 that you can. Um, but it's also made by a Sony owned studio guerrilla games. So whether or not they will let this engine go out and be on a PC release, hard to say. I mean, it, it really is genuinely hard to say and whether or not that could have had an effect on the agreement, who knows? Uh, but, the other thing to keep in mind here is that this is not the first time that Sony has let Sony published games go to the PC. Uh, I think that I've said it plenty of times this generation, and I think Saul would agree. Um, I don't think Sony sees PC as a direct competition. No. And we can see that in the fact that they even let PS Now be something that you can play on PC. Yeah. Which just gives them more of a market to make money off of something that is not going to their direct competition. Instead of, you know, for people that think that this game may be coming to uh, Xbox One somehow, and of course not Switch, but you know, if you for some reason are under that, I, I really hate to dash your hopes. I can almost 100% confirm that this game will at the bare minimum be a console exclusive. Now, whether or not Sony lets it go to PC, I think it's very likely. The fact that they've already talked about it in the past seems reasonable. When you have Kojima coming from a company that kind of ran, ruled with an iron fist, mm-hmm. it's like I'm sure he was probably in the contract was like, I want the flexibility to release on PC down the line. If I choose to, yeah, he may not, he may, the, the game may get tons, tons of money and, and, and great feedback just on PlayStation. And he may go, I'm not going to worry about it. Or he could go, I want to put the game on PC because the crowd that really enjoyed Metal Gear Solid five on PC, I want to speak to them. You know, I want to give them something and that's great. But also, it's not unprecedented, as I mentioned, as Journey, of course, has been licensed out to Annapurna to be published on PC through the Epic Game Store. We've seen uh, Sony allow uh, all three Sony-owned games from Quantic Dream, which is Beyond Two Souls, Heavy Rain, and most recently, Detroit Become Human. All Two of them are already on PC. One of them comes to PC later this year through the Epic Game Store, uh, and Sony allowed that to go down. They let, them port it, they let them port it, and of course, it comes to the point of, Sony's making money off of this. I think Sony looks at games that they can make extra money off of by doing this in some ways that they feel like is not is worth being like it's not a 100% first party game, 
So because of that, it's worth letting it just go out and be, oh, this is a second party deal. We'll make more money if we put it on PC as well. But at least our first party games and our first party studios, we're not going to worry about them having to to, man, to develop a game for PC and PS4. We'll just let them do PS4. Yeah. Seems likely. Seems reasonable. It makes sense too so, that way. So, you know, I think it'll be good for just about everybody involved. Losing, losing something like this is not a bad thing. Yeah, definitely to a non-direct competitor yeah it's very similar to like halo being on pc it has no threat at all to it's not like halo being on playstation yeah, realistically exactly it's so. the same exact kind of concept so i hope people don't get up in ours because they think that sony's losing a great exclusive or whatever yeah i mean it's still an exclusive where it matters which is on the console and that's the market that sony's really focused on the most it's a console market and you can tell that with the way they're handling ps5 so far and the way they talk about it so with that said i'm gonna let saul go ahead and throw us into the main topic sure so for those that don't know unfortunately we've had a lot of terrifying and devastating things happen in the united states in the past couple of days and weeks um mass shootings uh twice now i believe two in a row two in a row one being at what you know is one of the most unsuspecting places to happen a Walmart, you know, just when you're out grocery shopping, you know, you can't even really feel safe about going to certain places anymore. Um, just with stuff like this happening, especially so close to us, El Paso mm -hmm. is close to us. It's not super duper far, you know, it's not in case you didn't know, Texas is massive. Yes. So we're on one end of Texas. We're on the Eastern side of Texas and El Paso is on the Western side of Texas, but it's still close to us. You know, it's six hours away. Is yeah. it not? It's kind of, I, I, it may be a little further. I don't know because grandpa would normally, uh, my uncle, uh, my great uncle, is that what it is when you're your grandpa's brother? Um, anyway, he lives there. Um, and yeah. um, my grandpa would normally, he got to, when he got older, he'd start taking trains. But I think you're right. I think it's in the vicinity of six hours. It's it's toward the border side I went, um, I went of there. the western. It's like it's like southwest Texas, right? I went there. Well, see, I thought, yeah, but I thought it's still a little bit closer. I went there um, when I was younger for uh gavin gavin's gavin has family that lives down there and one okay. summer his parents were like do you want to go come down there and stay with us for two weeks and i was like sure but um so yeah unfortunately you know we've had a lot of uh terrifying things and oh, it's 12 hours away good lord really yes so grandpa definitely did train rides there i was a little kid with no concept of time apparently and then again it did feel like it took us all day to get from here to memphis which is only four and a half hours yeah uh but anyway close to home yeah it's you know close to home and it's just one of those things that you know you think like oh it'll never happen to me and it will never happen uh you know where i go well walmart is one of the most popular unavoidable places to go pretty much mass majority of americans do their grocery shopping at walmart and in light of these horrific events that have happened Walmart took a stance in the midst of all this to pull violent video games off of their shelves. Now, them being a corporation that is so massive, obviously every Walmart did not participate in this. For instance, our local Walmart did not do this. Uh, our local Walmart did not take games off of shelves. Yeah, and now, I think it's important to mention is that Walmart has blood in this game and and has, you know, skin in this game very literally as well. And the fact that this happened in one of their stores. Yes. So, so they that and that's that, that was coming down on the backside of this is that, um, you know, not every Walmart would have done this. It's, it seems to be it's only a select few 
for instance, uh, on Twitter, Eric Tyler Luden, he says that mine's not even selling the games anymore temporarily, and I'm uh, seriously upset. Um, like, where am I supposed to buy a physical copy now that the nearest GameStop is too far away from me? Is what he said, and he has a picture attached. He actually uh, tweeted it to Jake Baldino of GamerAnks, and he said, uh, or and that's what it what that's what it said. And then, as you can see, like in the picture, um, it's really only sports games left, and it's a it's a Switch case and a Xbox case uh, of games, and there's nothing there but sports games and Mario Kart, uh, Just Dance, Rocket League, stuff like that. It's very bare, very empty. Um, and another instance we have on Twitter that somebody posted was uh, from a guy named Kenneth Shepard. He posted what looks to be like a merchandising email from inside Walmart that's referencing immediate action, removing signing, and displays referencing to violence. Now, this is, cl- this is more clarity to the situation because what I think was happening was that a lot of people were getting pretty up in arms about them removing video games saying, oh, well, you still sell guns. According to this email... It doesn't actually take, say anything about taking away guns, but it does say um, it, uh, turn off any hunting season videos that may be playing in sporting goods and remove any monitors or displays that show the videos. Uh, verify no movies depicting violence or playing in electronics. Cancel any events promoting combat style and third person shooter games that may be scheduled in electronics. Uh, and then it says turn off or unplug any video game consoles that uh, show a demo unit of violent games, specifically PlayStation and Xbox units. So I think that they are getting a lot of heat here for something that one is not only company wide um, and two is they're not video games are being targeted, but they're not targeting just video games. Mm -hmm. Now, this is where we get into the important part of why they are targeting video games. And another big corner point argument for this is that they are still selling weapons. Now, We've said before, we're going to stray away from politics in any shape and form on this podcast because I don't want to get into that. It's a very deep, dark rabbit hole. It's not something I want to talk about in any uh, oral version of anything we ever do, whether it's a Let's Play, a stream, an off-topic podcast, you know, or here. I don't like talking about politics that much, um, or at least being a center point of an episode. So... I'll say right here, right now, here we were, we we we're, we're what was it? Six hours away, the very first Walmart ever created. We're in Walmart country. The mm-hmm. CEO lives in our state. Walmart's are everywhere here. There's six Walmarts here. There's Arkansas side, Texas side, neighborhood, Summer Hill neighborhood, Richmond Road. There's four, yeah, four neighborhood markets and two, yeah, and two super centers. Two, yeah, super centers. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> we have a lot of Walmarts in our town. I I, I could pick one of six. Uh, it might be five Walmarts, but we, I could pick one of five or six Walmarts to go to and be there within 10 minutes. And I have six of them to choose from. Um, we are also from the South, which of course means that culture here, uh, redneck culture, quote unquote, or uh, hunting, outdoor culture. I would say, yeah, we definitely have a very, very different culture when it comes yeah, to sport, sporting goods and what sporting goods means here. Sporting goods, and, and I don't know, this is just goes to show you the cultural shock of what we grew up around. I don't really know what sporting goods is considered elsewhere, but when you think of sporting good, goods here, it is a mix of everything from, you know, Golf equipment sometimes, yeah. To hiking equipment, to survival equipment, to weapons. It's so, like guns are part of a sporting good, and a yeah. lot of that comes down to that hunting is considered sport. You know, it's it's it sporting is, here. Yeah. It, it's a sport essentially, and then you also have people who literally just go to Gun ranges. firing ranges. It's very inbred in our culture. Which in our we culture. have like two or three of. We have one that's 
Uh, Academy used to have one, and now I think it's only a bow and arrow range. Um, oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, Gator Mountain used to have one, too, but they're closed down. And um, there's two. Uh, one on New Boston. Well, actually. Well, there's some at parks, too, but they're they're in outer areas. Like Smith Park has yeah, got Smith a fire Park, range. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so, like, we, we're kind of deeply ingrained into that culture more so than people who are from areas like California. Potentially. Or, I mean, genuinely, yeah. we really don't know, but it's just at least this is what we know. Yeah, and, like, even like, – even, and I remember seeing this, you know, when I was growing up and my older brother was in uh, high school, there'd be people with gun racks on their trucks yeah. at school. Yep. Very common thing to have happened here. Obviously, that was before Columbine and stuff like that, which that very quickly became even a, the ripple effects of Columbine hit down here, too, where we had uniforms that went into place where we had to have our shirts tucked in or baggy clothes. We had to have clear or mesh backpacks. That goes to show you how big that event was. But it's kind of of an interesting take for us down here because you will see people with guns and gun safes in a house is more frequently than what I would picture elsewhere. Now I'm not saying that's yeah, the case, but that's exactly. what I picture. I, yeah, um, I mean, I, I agree yeah. regardless of whether it's true. Yeah. It's just what you feel. And I, I want to get to the bread and butter of it saying that Walmart isn't necessarily the worst person. Uh, I don't like Walmart though. Like I, I really, if there was a, H-E-B or another food place for groceries around here, I would definitely go to that. I've been meaning to check out Super One Foods um, to see how they are. Super One's okay. Um, but like, I've been, like, I don't really like Walmart at all as a company. I've worked there. I see how they treat their employees. I see the general ethic and morale around that place when you're an employee, and it's not good. Um, it's just, it's not a good place to work. It's not a really a good place to go. They don't really care about you there. Um but yeah, and it's something for me that I think that it's important to, 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 to show devil's advocacy in this kind of situation of like, hey, they're doing everything in their power to take away violent things from their store, not just video games, and but actually, they're keeping I'm, the guns. Yeah, <laughs> and if that's real, and I mean, we don't it know, looks, it looks, but it looks pretty official. Yeah, it uh, looks pretty official. Now, with that said, it does help in that, you know, the thing about echo chambers is that they're really hard to sometimes you don't realize that you're even in one, but most people end up in one in some form. We're all gamers. And so we see all this news being thrown at us through a gamer's eyes a lot of the time. And what they end up doing is it gives us this thing of where we have this, did you actually see the store number? I you know, like I Googled, there's a number at the bottom of the a phone number at the bottom of the thing of uh, this, uh, the statement uh, or in memo, the merchandiser whatever. memo, and I went to Google that to see if what that if that was a real number, and it is. It goes to a, a um, Arkansas Walmart, okay. or maybe that's. I think Bentonville is where Arkansas was. Yes, or yes, Walmart Bentonville. Was created. Yeah. Um, anyway, but when you look at something like that, it is great that we're we're able to see this, and that memo tells us that as much as the news that we're seeing is throwing it to us, where it's it, it looks like it's very very targeted at only video games. It does look like it's trying to target all media that it can, including hunting videos, essentially downplaying as much violence as they can. Now, of course, guns can cause violence, but I think one of the things that gets weird about this is that uh, one of our listeners, uh, Blake, he has some people on his Facebook as well uh, from all over the world, and he posted a picture of this Walmart thing, and of course it was uh, doing this while still continuing to sell guns. Is this in our Discord or is this in his Facebook? This was on his uh, Facebook. Okay, gotcha. Um, So when he posted it, though, he had some friends that were saying, like, uh, our Walmart doesn't sell guns at all. They never have. Yeah. We never see them. And I think what ends up happening is that, like you already mentioned, 
Walmarts are going to cater based off of the cultures around them. So if gun and gun culture and hunting culture are around them, then what they do is they'll, they'll support that and they'll well, they sell also, that. They also may not be living with a super center. It's possible, but I mean, I, I think cause I've never th- not been into a Walmart, even from down here, mm-hmm. like in Florida and stuff, they had guns too. Yeah. I mean, and it depends cause there's plenty of pockets of America that are hunting heavy. Uh, there's some places in the Midwest that are hunting heavy as well. Yeah. Uh, but when you look at it, I do think it's that there's a very high chance that there's plenty of Walmarts that don't sell guns. And I think that one of the things that happens is that video games are a national pastime in a very different way to where all Walmarts are going to have video games at this point, but not all Walmarts are going to have guns. So it's really hard to do and to do. I guess it it feels less pertinent to do something that may not affect most Walmarts anyway, or every Walmart at least equally. Whereas video games, movies and anything that can kind of depict violence in a media format can be handled because that's going to be on the national scale and even going as far as to be the global scale. If Walmart and UK took any of these steps too, we don't know for a fact yeah. if they did or not. And what, what I, what I actually have just not thought of as you were talking about this other media is that I think the crux of the situation is that it's not just video games that don't cause violence and stuff like this. I don't think any external media has that kind of influence except yeah. for one instance. And I'm going to talk about the instance here in a little bit. But um, something else that's interesting about this, too, is that what people are saying is that, of course, Walmart should not sell guns. So my thing, my mental. I have a different view this, on the way that that's being said, but I, I still want to see what you have to say first. I, just want, I don't want to forget it. OK, Go ahead. Uh, my mental process behind this is that you can't always blame a retailer for selling something that because you don't agree with that they're selling now. I don't think that Walmart should sell guns. I think it's dumb. I think that that kills probably local gun owners because they can go get the same rifle at Walmart without doing every, like without going into an actual gun shop and stuff like that. That's my line of thought. Of course, Walmart still does background checks and stuff like that. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's really, really weird to, to kind of go in and every Walmart I've been in, what is the hunting section next to? The car section, typically. The toy section. Ah, that's that's our um our um both of them here are right next to the toy section. Not anymore on the um on the Texas side. I've been to the Texas side one since they've remodeled. Yeah, but um, that used to be right. I mean, next it's, to it's, it. you could say it's close enough. I mean, realistically, right there the is room out. between it because there's bikes and it goes over. But yeah, yeah it's still it's, we're a little kid. And, and I'll even bikes. go as far as to say that there are there are kid guns you can buy there. You can buy twenty twos. I mean, twenty yeah. twos are kid guns. Yeah, and in well, our culture, that is the guns the that you part. typically learn on. Right. Well, a twenty two is very hard to kill somebody with. Realistically, no, no, unless, I'm talking about for small game hunting. Yeah, no, that's what I mean it for. Is that that's what it goes towards. Is that kids first guns for hunting purposes very specifically and also to learn how to shoot because they don't kick yeah. very hard is stuff like bb guns pellet guns and, four, and 22s 410s 410s that was like that, that was one of my first bigger guns uh, yeah. whenever i was young and i don't and just to bring that up i come from a family who is so involved with guns yeah, me and too. i never really have been in terms of as an adult when i was making more of my own decisions yeah. as a kid i mean my parents bought me guns and i kind of well, we did went, it. we went hunting and stuff it's like a form of bonding and stuff but like i never that. cared for it yeah like it was fun like the the sense of like getting dressed up and going out into like this adventure kind of thing was fun yeah but that was pretty much the, the but you weren't you were never involved in the actual sport of like trying to outmaneuver and outthink yeah this other thing which i guess that's my thing on hunting is people act like they're doing that i'm like you're sitting in a tree stand yeah and that's that's where like that's where the, the dis- that's where the disconnect happens that's where it kind of killed me was that we would wake up at 4 a.m get dressed and be like okay now we're gonna sneak out and we'd sneak out 
uh, through the woods and stuff, listening and, and listening around for wildlife. And then we'd get in a tree stand and sit there for two hours. I'm yeah. Like, and yeah. it's like, so you're not really overcoming them. There which, is, there is, uh, to be fair, for those that hunt and listen to us, I'm not trying to downplay your sport. There is a lot of technical steel that goes into doing that. You have to know what to listen for. You can use certain scents. This is it's all coming down locations. to people who don't. This is us explaining the fact that since we never got big into it, yeah. we don't understand that past this very obvious looking this roadblock. Yes. For us. Yeah. But I don't think that Walmart should sell guns. Like, I don't. I don't think that it's it's it should be part of their business model. It's it's a very weird item for them to kind of sell they they, well, they sell, sell everything that's the problem with the super center it's literally yeah, well, meant to be one stop for everything yeah and when you think about it though they don't sell a lot of other like weird things as well like you can go there and you get a computer desk and a chair and a couch and, you, and now you can you, well of course now you've always been able to go and get a gun you can grab a tv and your groceries all in the same place mm-hmm. but they don't sell like craft stuff like or certain craft stuff. Like, well, it depends. They definitely try to have a foot in every market. Now, they yeah. may not go into a specialty of enough, and right. that's the same with their guns. You can't get any gun you want. A lot of times, yeah, if you want to get something get different basics. at Walmart, you're going to go. Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to go to Walmart to get something specific that you want, and, and, and really anything. Yeah. Would you go to Walmart to buy a gaming PC? No. Would no. you go to Walmart to buy a top-end-of-the-line graphics card? They don't even carry them. You know what I mean? Some do. Well, some of them might, but most of them, I would imagine, yeah. not. It's kind of like Best Buy. Best Buy doesn't even carry them half the time, oh, depending no, on which now, one you go now to. Now they do. At least ours, ours finally has one. Yeah. yeah, but I don't think that that's something they should carry. I just that's just my thought on it. Like I don't. Uh, well, it doesn't affect us. It doesn't affect As people us, who yeah. don't really worry about guns. It, it, it seems to, to pointless me, to us. But yeah, to me, uh, if you were to ask me this, um, you know, four weeks ago, I would think like, oh yeah, it's kind of weird to be there, but you know, it's whatever. But now it's it's kind of in the grain the they're ingrained in my mind of like yeah. They're talking about removing video games. And I'm talking about they shouldn't care this in comparison to video games. I'm going to say that specifically. If they still like were trying to sell video games and stuff like that, then fine, sell your guns. It's fine. But don't remove video games and keep your guns up. It's stupid. Now, I think it's important to say that this has always been seen as everything that we can find out. This has always apparently been a temporary thing. This seems like so it far, was yeah. meant to be in response to this so far as to maybe give a couple of weeks of break in the, in the mindset. As a temporary thing, take your guns off the shelves, too, if you're taking off violent video games and stuff like that. So that leads me to my biggest thing about it. Yeah. What My first thing I said to Blake when I first logged onto Facebook and saw this, uh, when I, and I opened up Facebook and saw his picture um, about it, and I said, and it wasn't even his local one. He hadn't been, but it was a picture he saw on Twitter, and he had shared it on his Facebook. It was a screenshot. Um, and I looked at it and I said, you know, w- there was conversation going on in the, in the comments about whether or not they even sell guns. There are people saying, I've never seen a gun in my Walmart ever. Uh, and then there's other people saying that they do see them and it depends on the things. And so I mentioned the fact that, you know, where we're at hunting is very big. So of course ours sells guns. The biggest problem doesn't come from the fact that they sell guns. In my opinion, this is all where I stand. Uh, and, and Blake actually ended up agreeing though. It's not that they sell guns very similar. Like you said, you're, you're talking about this and specifically in relation to video games. Um, it's the problem that, if you're going to remove video games and thankfully we see from this memo that it was expanded to as much media as they could see that has visual depictions of violence potentially or promotion of violence. Um, When you look at something like that, you have this situation where if you're removing all this media, but then you're not removing the, the, what is the through line in these things? When you're talking about violence in media, definitely from a visual standpoint, what is that? What are they using to commit violence in these, in these situations? They're using guns or axes. They're using some form of weaponry that's developed to kill something else, be it 
hunting animals, other humans in, in war or something like that, or something as simple as like tools that can be used to kill somebody or to cut a tree in half, you know, axes and stuff like that. But it is, it does, the biggest thing for me that comes off is tone deaf to remove half of this section and what seems to be a very short-sighted PR blast that's focused towards a very small group of people. Instead, what they end up doing by doing this, and definitely from the way that the news channels, at least as far as it returns to gaming news channels, have framed this, is it actually is going to hurt, in my opinion, Walmart's business deals with gamers, which it happens on a way more national scale for them than I think gun sales do. Maybe not. Um, yeah, they sell more games than guns. It makes, it makes more sense that way. Or at least they sell games in more places than they sell guns. We, you know, would, monetary. Argue, who, who knows? Would, You're probably still right. Argue that you, you know, you go to Walmart to buy a game. That's a common thing that you go buy once, twice, three times a year for the base user of video games. For guns, that you could say the same thing. I don't see a gun nut going to Walmart buying 10 guns a year where a video game enthusiast would go buy 10 video games a year at Walmart. And it's just, it's something I don't know enough about, just, but it, it still comes to the point the of is what I think is. Yeah. Thing. But for, to not lose the forest for the trees necessarily, I, I just want to say like it, the biggest problem with it is by removing one and not removing the other, even if it's just temporarily. And I'm glad that it's temporarily, even if it's all media across the board, Walmart as a company can do what they want to anyway. But looking at this analytically in my situation, this looks as tone deaf and it looks like it's putting too much blame on media and not enough. And, and it looks like it's just trying to say, if you're trying to scrub your store of all violence in a temporary measure to try and give some kind of relief to the, to the current climate, then do it across the board. Don't do one without the other because they are somewhat intrinsically tied. If you're going to tell me I can't watch a movie that depicts war, war is done with guns. You have to pull that too. If you're going to tell me I can't play a game or show a game that shows violence, most games that predict that, that, um, whatever uh not predict but um that show violence influence well not influence Potential violence influence but violence. most of them that uh portray violence is what i was trying to say um oh, okay yeah. if they portray violence they are typically doing it through some form of gun weaponry or again weapons and axes and knives and stuff like that um so when you're looking at it it just comes off as tone deaf to me if you're not going to remove the other then don't remove the one if you're going to say well we can't we can't remove our guns for whatever reason it is or we just don't think that it makes sense to remove our guns then don't remove any of the media because the media is all based around what these guns and stuff have done a lot of violence violent games as we've seen the memes going on are based around real-time war wars yeah. and stuff like that resistance is call just a duty. flip on world, world war ii if aliens came call of duty world war ii call of duty war at war call of duty are all based Black off Ops. of a serious yeah. real world real, real war so when you look at those situations it does seem like they're so intrinsically tied that it seems tone deaf to do one and not the other and like you're putting blame or really it doesn't even seem like you're putting blame it seems like you're trying to make one group happy at the potential detriment of another and i think that with GameStop going out of well, with GameStop being on their last legs as much as we've seen them be for a long time, it seems very likely that in this situation, Walmart could have really played a good move here and swooped in and actually grabbed a lot of the gaming uh, base for people going over there. They've been making steps in that direction already. They've been get, getting games for just a little bit cheaper, even if it's two or three dollars. Gamers appreciate that. You know, you could get uh, Team Sonic Racing there for like thirty-seven dollars instead of forty. Yeah, it was weird. Three bucks, but it's like, hey, that's still three bucks tax in some states for that price. Adds up, you know. Yeah. So, you know, they were doing moves like that. They were getting more games and keeping more stuff in. They tried well, their hand at used games. Here's what if I, they wanted to fill that in, they just completely lost that. But we are, even with all this talk, we are losing the forest for the trees 
for sure in one particular situation, which is the talk of do video games cause violence? Well, no, I, th- well, I think we're making a case that what we think as we go about, because obviously people know now that we don't think that. And here, here's one caveat of this. Video games have influenced violence on people. Movies have influenced violence on people. People Books have influenced violence on have people. Have influenced violence on people. Yeah. I think it's safe to say that this is not a video game problem. This is not a book problem. This is not a movie problem. This is not a music problem. Not a media problem, it's I guess a, is what you'd have to say. It's yeah. a it's a mental health problem. What's interesting about this is that they always go back and they say video games are the root of the violence. No. It just happened that that person who was playing mentally wasn't there. They weren't strong mentally. They were prob- they might have been depressed. And they may let things externally from their life, media, influence them harder because they are depressed, schizophrenic, you know, uh, paranoid. There could be a million things. This isn't a thing that happens because of, of these medias. It's a mental health issue that's not being looked at properly right now. And that's, that's where I'm going to get, or got into politics there for a second there, is because I think that the United States as a whole, they're not doing a great job of mental health, poli- like policing. They're not doing a great job of making sure that people have the mental health that they should. Psychiatrist, $300 to go to an appointment for a psychiatrist with health insurance. It's ridiculous. Health insurance is way too expensive to afford by yourself or a good plan privately if you don't have one through work which can help you get the mental health that you may, the, the mental health uh, help you may need. But I think that that always gets thrown around every time something happens. Oh, well, he killed someone because he listened to Limp Bizkit. Hmm? No, he killed himself because he might have been listening to Limp Bizkit, but he wasn't mentally well. He just, like, he was schizophrenic, you know. Fred Durst talked to me, you know, said something like that. Okay, like, did Fred Durst really talk to him? No. He's schizophrenic. He killed someone because he's schizophrenic. He just happened to be listening to Limp Bizkit. Yeah. He happened to like Limp Bizkit. I think that that's a cheap cop-out. And I think that that is what they want you to believe because video games can be taxed more at that point. They can be policed more at that point. But more importantly is that it gives them a scapegoat to go and try to create another problem that is not there. And my biggest thing with this is that I think Walmart wanted to create that narrative by removing video games because here's the thing you they, want they wanted to create which narrative Just the creative sure. that, that that video games were in fact adding to the fire are all forms of of, of violent media is what it yeah, is from because, from their memo is what it, if we're going to tie it down a little yeah. bit harder and this is where this is where i was to talking. be fair to them yeah and to be fair to them yeah. and this is where for me i uh, this is where i think that in in this specific argument or this specific instance that we live in right now that walmart shouldn't sell guns they got rid of what they think which has been debunked that video games cause violence that's yeah. there's been studies they did not remove the tools that you would kill someone with, but they removed what they think is influencing them to do the killing yeah and, and of course it goes a lot deeper than that they're a, they're a business. They can do what they want to. Right. But one of these two things that we're talking about, and this is just very this is very much in line with America. So if you listen from overseas, this may not be something that that completely strikes home as much to you. I think that there's sometimes some stuff where people think that everybody is gun nuts in America. That's not really true. Um, but it still comes down to the point of we do have 
a right, a bill of right. You know, we have a real right that people recognize that is in, is in pertinence to one of these things, which is the guns, mm-hmm. while video games do not have any form of rec- recognition. Right. Second and, Amendment, and right? Not that they should. I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm not trying to say that video games would be important in case some kind of crazy I think the whole country upheaval happened, but they're very different is what I mean though, is that guns have been around for a lot longer than video games. So the importance of guns and what they can and can't do in terms of the good and the bad, the the good that they can do is lead to a country like America being created. Are you telling me that guns have been around before Oregon trail? (laughs) Yes. And so was dysentery just in case you didn't know. I thought Oregon trail made dysentery. Oh no, no. Uh, but you know, it does have some – there's a couple things. It's that, of course, they don't want to risk – I would assume. This is this is assumptions. I would assume that Walmart doesn't want to risk doing any kind of thing that would mess with the people who buy their guns from them because some of the people that buy guns do look at this, and because of the fact that there is a law related to it, it's harder to do that with games and media. Well, games and media don't have that kind of law. You, you hit you the know, nail on the, the head. The most that they have is freedom of expression. Well, and you can use media as a form of freedom of expression, which well, does, I guess, technically mean that we could try and crux our arguments on that, but it's just different. Well, That's video all games it comes are also to. considered art now, too. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. It's freedom and of expression. Well, art is protected. Yeah. Media is a too. form of art, Yes, which is, yeah, and um, so or can you, be a form of art. So but. I guess for the last thing that I want to bring up is that you hit the nail on the head when you said uh what you were just saying a second ago about walmart because i do think that their almost intention was that their biggest customer base is not gamers it's not us it's the normal human being getting grocery but then being started and spread from the south going everywhere else in the country i do think that the way you think of the average walmart uh regular shopper who do you think of genuinely speaking grocery shoppers yeah grocery shopping so grocery and like back to school literally everyday shopping that's what you mean day-to-day needs well that's a regular customer day-to-day shopper yeah um so what i'm interested in is i'm wondering if they think that they that they will lose more by blaming something else other than the guns they sell because I wonder if they think that since they started in the south and they know a lot of south like people down here like we don't like I said we don't have we have three two we have two other uh, grocery stores it's not walmart right we have super one foods and albertson's yeah i mean you have other stores that compete with walmart in general well, I'm about but groceries. not much yeah, for, yeah because where else are you gonna go right we only have two other places and albertson's is higher than walmart i actually like albertson's better than walmart but yeah. they're higher um so my thing is is that they know that people are gonna have to come to them for grocery shopping no matter what but i'm curious because they started down in the south and you always get this weird connotation about like southern people in Walmart. Like that's always a thing that people think that, oh yeah, well you live in the like you live in the south, you go eat dinner every day at Walmart, or you get all your dinner from Walmart that's instant or whatever. It's like a negative connotation in the sense that I've seen before. What I'm what I what I think though is, do you think that they blame video games instead of guns because they know that the especially the more southern WalMarts, they know their clientele would not take would not appreciate them being blamed. Or the guns being blamed in video games? I think it's a PR move. Honestly, I think that because Walmart is a big company and they are worried about wanting everybody, they, they don't want to have a Nike pulled on them. Yeah. They don't want any kind of group of people going, well, I'm not going to shop there anymore. All the angry baby boomers that so, buy all their Nike 
Yeah, but that's what I think that's really what it comes down to. Now, that doesn't go into the fact that there are a lot of people who are literally like in the in the government and other people who are just influential people saying that these things are there's there's journalists who are saying that the Acacia strain and the band are responsible for one of the shooters because the Dayton shooter was wearing an Acacia strain hoodie. When you look at these things. All it comes down to is people look for an easy answer. They look for yeah. one thing that they can try and pin stuff on and then they try and move on. But it's always way more deep than that. And I guess that, that my biggest thing here is I think it's really hard to ever want to blame one thing. Really, and I don't know enough about it because thankfully I don't really have any, I, I don't, that, that I'm aware of, I'm thankfully mostly mental illness free if, if, if I have any. And, you know, I'm thankful for that. That's something that I gladly do not have to deal with. Uh, you know, and that's, and I appreciate that. And that's something that I can't control, but I'm lucky that that didn't happen. You know, I, I had a good enough life to where nothing too traumatic left any kind of permanent damage in me or anything like that. And these are the things that you got to think about. These are things that go way deeper than one thing. You can't say just this happened. It could be something as simple as, you know, some people having built up, you know, aggression because they watched their father beat their mother. Yeah. You can see or watched an overly aggressive father and they went through life living this way until they just couldn't bottle that feeling up anymore. And it led to this weird feeling. You have people who, you know, some of this comes down to where you need to almost read some of the like manifestos that these people put out. One of them was very much in line of, you know, it's like he was talking about one group of people very specifically, but at the same time it came down to the point of like, he has some stuff that very, it sounded very similar to like the Lorax in there where it's like, we're leaning too much on the land and producing too much. And the only way, and you can tell that this is what the way this guy's mind works. The only way to solve this problem of us leaning too much on the land is to lower the amount of people who are on the land so that by nature, we don't produce as much stuff. And it's kind of when you, so when you think about these things, it's obvious that when you read these things, there is no one thing. And instead people go to the one thing that's easy to put a tagline behind yeah. because it's where we are in the age of media. They don't, they don't want, or they can't find the real problem. So they just blame a scapegoat and, then you know of course everything gets but this has been going on forever and that's the only yeah, thing that makes it seem so music. rough yeah because you know the tipper gore music thing that went yeah. on for a long time of people saying that uh all the columbine stuff and yeah. all, well all some of this goes music, even further back music. than that from the 60s to 85 you're talking about bands like uh, twisted sister having to go in front of tipper gore and talk about why yeah. they didn't have these things going on it, and game, i wanna, i do want to make it's it clear, crazy you know I, but i want to make it clear that brett and i aren't anti-gun we could care less about that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's more of a, in this situation that we face in right now with Walmart trying to do this, there's other things that they could do too, but they're not. And gun is one of them. My thing is do one or none, do one do, or none. Yeah, that's do, it. Do. Yeah. If you or do or it, well, do it all or do it. Yeah, or do, don't do, do it. My, my, sorry. That's my, that's what I really do mean. one or, or do, do it all or don't do it. Do at none all. or do all. Yeah. Yeah. Do none or do all. Yeah. But it, it really, the, the still the crux of the argument is, you know, does, do video games have any kind of thing? They no. have an effect on certain people, but that's it. All media can have but, an effect on certain people not, that are not in the mental areas that they need to be to be doing these things. It's but not you the can't media to blame. Yeah. It's the mental wellness of the well being. Because yeah. if, if 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 it's somebody who's who did video games, if they didn't have video games in life, they would have blamed music. Or it would have been music that pushed them over the edge, or movies, or books, or poetry. It could have been anything. It could have been McDonald's burnt their burgers. Like, yeah, but now we're at the point where we've had years and years of studies following Columbine and all these things to show that video games and, mu and music and movies do not have any kind of 
unnormal effect on people any more so than any other thing in in breeding any form of violence and a lot of it comes down to trauma-based mental illness and stuff like that or even sometimes people who are like the uh, the guy who was the bell tower shooter in texas pretty sure he's texas who literally wrote a note saying that he doesn't know why he's having these urges but and it turns out after he died he had a, a brain tumor you yeah. know and, and it was changing the way that he yeah. responded to things it's, these are just it's, it's crazy world with crazy emotions and crazy things and we won't ever have all the answers for Forum, but I want to I want to see what everybody else thinks. Do you think that video games cause violence? If you do, let me know why. Uh, let us know why in our community take section because what I, I'm really curious to hear what everybody thinks. I think though that this being a gaming podcast, we're going to get a lot of the same answers. We're going to get a lot of that. Well, and I think it could be a little more nuanced, right? Is to, and and I think that we've even kind of answered that of can video games lead to a more violent person? I think anything yes, can lead to a more violent person. Yes, if they're in the right mo- if they're in the anything right mindset. That, but so can anything a else. certain song. Tuna sandwiches. So can yeah. yeah they, may, they may go crazy, you know, Rake Yawn used to go crazy with a mustard poured on him. Probably did that enough to probably kill someone. Oh lord. Think of the the crazy Steve from uh, Drake and Josh. Yeah. So somebody ate his enchilada over the edge. I, I love Jerry Trainer. Is that his name? Uh, Jeremy Trainer. Jeremy Trainer. Yeah. Love that dude. But uh, so, let us know in the comments below. Also, to fix one piece of a dundum of news that we did, uh, Shadowkeep is not 165 total. It is 60 total. No, the the keep itself, and I, if you look at the news, the game as a whole will now be 168 yes. gigs total. Okay, I was making sure because it's 68 cause someone, gigs cause by someone itself. in our discord posted it's gonna be 165 and i'm like that's it's it's 165 if you don't have the like, pc game and install your pc yeah but, but as a total now it's yeah, it'll it's, be that it's 165 yes but uh also if you uh we forgot to mention uh final weapon but yeah if you want to go check out news go check oh, out yeah. final weapon.net it's always on our website called final weapon.net um our partnership website it feels weird to call yeah, ours it's not yeah. our website that's all i was just saying i was like i should i should correct myself but, but there's um, great guys over there we're gonna run to wendy's real quick so we want to hear what you guys think and uh we'll see you guys back for episode 125 thank, thank you, you all for joining thanks to our patrons chad v dan barber josh jarrell matthew green my name is dan douglas below sean Santarude, eric McAllister, matt sycamore shadowist steven salazar the stonard travis below eduardo palomino stefan swanlin coy live philip laguerre Corey hickerson brian donovan williams william digital spooker Derek porter josh Ayers, uh, thomas mckinnis brandon edwards and sean one neo if you'd like to support the show in any way shape or form go to patreon.com slash nartech or click the link in the description below thank you thank you